Raised by Spirit, Chapter 14, The Goddess's Universe. Throughout sharing these series of important life events, all relevant to what Sekhmet and Metatron spoke of, or should I say taught, I noticed the repetitive twos throughout. There has been the pattern throughout of 22 different experiences spoken within Chapter 13, to be exact. So why are the twos so important? Twos represent duality within the time and space of our experience and the choice to either react or respond during experiences within our incarnation. To either relive cycles, trauma, and disharmony or to co-create new patterns and pathways towards our soul's ascension within the mind-body-spirit experience. Then to evolve with the ability to be experienced within a heart-centered reality eventually returning back to oneness. The 22 paths of the tree of life and in the tarot that Metatron spoke of reflect the 22 primal vibrations that formed the first language in the Hebrew alphabet, none of which I would know if Metatron didn't demand I learned Hebrew. The tree of life, the tarot, our experiences both independently and collectively are seamlessly embedded within the geometrical form known as the flower of life and the fabric that holds all within it together. All of which is evident throughout all living systems and represented in countless ancient cultures. Take a moment to feel the significance of this universal recognition of unity within the sacred 22. You may be wondering who exactly is Metatron and why is he so important? And trust me, I began to ask the same question. To my own understanding, Metatron was Enoch, who is mentioned in the book of Genesis as a man who walked faithfully with God. However, in Jewish and Hebrew texts, he is equally recognized as Archangel Metatron. From the Bible, we read that Enoch was Adam's great-great-great-great-grandson and Noah's great-grandfather. For those of you that know the book of Enoch, this is said to be the book of creation that Enoch was advised to write by God. He was promised by God that once completed, God would make sure that the book would survive the flood to make it into the hands of Enoch's great-grandson Noah. Not to mention that Enoch apparently is celebrated in some religious cultures as a saint on July 26th, which unbeknownst to me at the time was the day we realized Jeremy's birthmark was gone, his cycle was completed, and his trauma held within his cellular memory was erased. Again, as I mentioned before, my mother would journal her interpretations of the Bible and the verses therein. On October 29th, 2021, she came through and advised me that I needed to rewrite her misunderstood interpretations of the Bible. But by God, I didn't understand the extent of what that meant. Again, I had never read the Bible, so how was I supposed to rewrite it? You guessed it, by automatic writing, just as I did with Metatron's or Enoch's Path of Tarot deck. On November 8th through November 11th of 2021, I found myself unable to sleep and began automatic writing the following, finally finishing all my understandings therein on December 8th of 2021. Well now, don't those dates sound familiar? And lastly, on December 9th of 2021, I was greeted by Orion once again, and he explained my soul's journey and growth since separation from Source, from the one supreme being of all. I channeled the following. Your first incarnation outside of Source, apart from the one supreme being of all, was on the planetary system we know as Arcturus B. During this experience, you learned interaction with other beings and the understanding of polarization of beingness which simply means you are experiencing beingness separate from Source, separate from the one supreme being of all. During this incarnation, your name was Abiba, which means flower. You were experiencing life as consciousness through being the element you would call water. 
to which you were able to learn the workings of the internal self. This experience for your soul's growth allowed you to graduate to two-dimensional reality or second density of awareness and beingness. Within this second incarnation, experiencing awareness and beingness, you were what you would refer to as a tree, very similar to the willow tree that you know and love so deeply today. The lessons within this experience of awareness and beingness took several years. After that evolution of your soul was when you were recruited by a higher vibrational being, by me, Orion. My job is to protect and to provide guidance to your soul during the mind-body-spirit experience or third dimensional reality. The lessons acquired in the beginning of this recruitment were lessons of choice, the lessons of choosing to be of service to others versus service to self. Growing through these incarnations allowed you to have an internal awakening of consciousness. The internal awakening of consciousness you achieved then allowed you the opportunity and choice to polarize or split your soul into six fractions of higher consciousness for this current incarnation. This graduation to heart-centered awareness or awakening of consciousness is what allows higher levels of consciousness to be released genetically from your DNA, thus enter into humanity's consciousness collectively. The purpose of those chosen to polarize the soul are chosen to usher in the fourth dimensional reality of mind-body-spirit experience and living within a heart-centered reality, a heaven on earth. And no, you are not the only one. There are currently 144 million recruited souls within this mind-body-spirit experience, all here with the purpose of helping others choose to be service to others versus service to self, to choose love over fear. Choosing this pathway is a major lesson for all of humanity in order to enter the fourth dimensional reality of mind-body-spirit experience, living within a heart-centered reality, bringing back a heaven on earth in perfect alignment with harmony and balance of the cosmic universal laws. Though I understand it is difficult to comprehend what Orion stated, not to mention the terminology used therein, within the following channel messages you will soon understand, and again you have witnessed to some degree within these writings the validity to my experiences and understanding of life on a grander level. This message from Orion could explain why there was such a need to have such grander knowledge experienced gradually throughout my life. Though I will never claim to be right or wrong, I am but a vessel used for relaying information. Again, the following is channeled information combined with the research I did to best validate. As you listen, take what resonates with you and for what it's worth to assist you on your own journey back to oneness and leave what doesn't. And lastly, before I explain in my own words all of the information that I have ever obtained by independent channeling and automatic writing, I want to suggest there seems to be many realms of existence within this tree of life, many flowers that grow in the garden of our own soul's experience. I suggest this because it seems as though the soul's evolution will go through experiences for growth in many different realms of existence and in many different forms of universes. But for understanding purposes, we are simply talking about this third dimensional mind-body-spirit experience and the importance of understanding why we are all going through the process of breaking generational cycles and erasing the karma therein. 
No matter the realm of existence or the universe, a soul's evolution as a whole takes a very long time. Equally, I will continue to remind you throughout that everything, absolutely everything, is governed by the one supreme being of all. Nothing is separate or better than another. Nothing is allowed to occur without a grander divine design and the permission of the one. Again, we are all fragments of the one experiencing as the many. And to the best of my understanding, and to explain things as simply as possible, there are many different universes that have been created, all of which reside under the one supreme being of all. This is because with everlasting time and creation and the journey therein, once a soul graduates to a certain level of experiencing, they have the ability to either return to source, which is everything and nothing, or they can choose to create their own universe, thus creating the tree of life and the flowers that grow in the gardens. We are all currently residing within the goddess's universe the goddess known as Sophia. The birth and formation of Sophia's universe could be looked at or comparable to the Big Bang Theory, as this is a good way to understand the creation of her universe and the organic evolution of souls therein that began to occur, like science tries to explain. Again, keep in mind the term we are all fragments of the One, the One Supreme Being of All, and within this universe we are also fragments of the goddess Sophia, every last one of us. So let's first review what we know scientifically about her universe and its creation. Science suggests that the universe is approximately 13 billion years old, Earth being approximately 4.5 billion years old. Geologists divide the times into three long units called eras. We have the Paleozoic era, Mesozoic era, and Cenozoic era. At the end of each era, a major mass extinction is said to have occurred. The term Paleozoic has been derived from the Greek words meaning ancient life. This era spans around 200 million years from 542 to 252 million years ago and is the largest one in terms of time span. It is the first era of the Phanerozoic Eon, marking the beginning of life on our planet. The beginning of marine life, reptiles, amphibians, thus evolved right, and consequently became introduced to the continents therein. Paleozoic era can be divided into six periods, Cambrian, Ordovician, Silurian, Dervonian, Carboniferous, and Permian. Each has its own particular characteristics after which they've been named. The planet experienced a great deal of changes regarding widely varying factors like climate, biodiversity, tectonic, and other geographical phenomena, including the evolution therein. At the end of this era, it is again said the largest mass extinction ever took place. This extinction is said to have wiped out most species of the planet and animal life on Earth. Although this extinction occurred on a larger scale, it is said that new life began to emerge 30 million years later. From a geological viewpoint, the Earth's surface experienced a great deal of activity during this time period as well, including the shifting of tectonic plates, formation of mountains, coal beds, etc., etc. The once known supercontinent called Pannotia then divided into smaller continents, thus forming several basins and small oceans between the land portions. A sudden flood of water was said to be one of the main factors leading to the evolution of life and the start of the Cambrian period. At the end of Permian, all land masses are said to have merged again, forming a supercontinent called Pangaea. This supercontinent, known as Pangaea, is said to have existed approximately 225 million years ago. 
Let's assume the majority of our scientific understanding of Earth's creation is accurate and factor in what some recognize as Atlantis and Lumerian time spans that have also been said to have occurred around the same time frame of 225 million years ago. It is said, and I have channeled similar explanations from Sekhmet, that during this time we had total use of our minds and our remembrance to our connection to the One, granting humanity the ability to co-create as one. We use both left and right sides of the brain equally, thus masculine and feminine qualities were equal within the mind-body-spirit experience. Consequently, 225 million years ago, it was said we walked in pure wisdom, harmony, and balance. We have come to call this the Golden Age. During said Golden Age, humanity was said to have been highly evolved or spiritual conscious beings, often referred to as the Law of One Society. Humanity was thought to have incarnated for the simple reason to experience cultural and artistic expression through diversity in pursuit of their own soul's evolution back to oneness, suggesting there was no need for karma to play a role within our incarnations at the time. It is said that the locations of Poseida would have been located somewhere in the mid-Atlantic, and within that same location was a crystalline power grid, an international passageway, as Sekhmet called it. This is said to be the most advanced, complex technology and most beautiful of all crystal grid lines on our beautiful, bountiful Earth. Now again, the Golden Age itself was said to have thrived for 200,000 years. However, during that last phase of this time frame, the supercontinent is said to have split yet again, except it split this time into five islands. States and governments were said to have taken shape thereafter, and theories suggest that with the evolution of humanity as a whole now Evolving separately, they began to elect leaders to rule each five islands, creating different classes of beings or peoples along with the different cultures practiced therein. It is then on said two incredibly opposing principles, practices, and belief systems began to root themselves within these five islands. These two major opposing peoples were known as the Law of One, based predominantly in the island of Poseidon, and the Sons of Belial, based on the island of Arian. I do want you to take note that Belial is a Hebrew word often used as lacking worth from two common words meaning without value. In the Hebrew Bible it can also be translated into lawless men and I will also point out within Catholicism it is suggested to be another name for Satan or the devil which will be of great importance very soon. Nonetheless, over time, it's said that the sons of Belial became the most populated of people, engrossed in materialism and power, driven to utilize materialism and power for mass influence or control. But control over what and why? Nonetheless, as populations grew and humanity's evolution continues, humanity as a whole began to fall into a downward spiral of this new way of life through greed, self-glorification, power, material gain, and separation versus a life of wisdom, harmony, balance, abundance, and oneness. As humanity continued to evolve, they grew more and more accustomed to focusing their intention or energy on lower level energies as a whole. Behind closed doors, the people's elected leaders continued to practice what once was the collective knowledge of oneness within creation, wisdom, and the rituals therein to themselves, all while continuing to use the crystalline grid. The people's elected leaders were slowly gaining control of the empires that were being built by killing, bribing, and publicly condemning those that continued to embrace their old ways of living in harmony and balance and oneness. As time continues, it is said that the surviving 
lot of one's society or those that refused this new way of living, then migrated to Egypt, the Middle East, Ireland, France, and parts of the United States. For generations thereafter, those who descended from the law of one tried their best to retain and pass down their knowledge of what once was, also done in secret or code. It is said through legends, the descendants of the law of one vowed to return the old way of living to harmony, balance, and oneness again one day. With those two examples in mind, I channeled the following from Sophia herself on November 8th through December 8th of 2021. More than 225 million years ago, pre-karma, Sophia loved her children and the souls growing through the evolution in her universe so much that she too wanted to experience it. At that time, the one supreme being of all and Sophia agreed and allowed fragments of Sophia's higher self, Sophia's children, or as I will refer to them, the children, to descend into the third dimension to experience it. Again, all as fragments of Sophia's higher self, all of which were females made in the image, made perfect, whole, and complete. However, as there was cosmic universal laws that were to be followed to maintain the balance and harmony therein, one being never to interfere with the process of organic evolution, which was and is a soul's journey within the mind-body-spirit experience within her universe. I will refer to these as the organics, again only separating the two for understanding purposes. However, nothing and no one is separate from the one. The children were not allowed to reproduce or mix their genetics with the organic souls. The children were designed with complete and matching DNA strands so they could remain balanced and one with nature easily during their experience. Because they weren't allowed to procreate with the organics but were designed to evolve, they in turn were also created with a prostate and an ability to ejaculate, thus an ability to procreate by themselves. And yes, all females have this capability today. Hence, to be female is to be both male and female, perfect and whole, made in the image, made in my image, Sophia. This allowed their souls to grow and continue without the need for interbreeding or disrupting the organic soul's growth and evolution therein. Again, I'll remind you, none better than another. The organics were just growing through their own soul's journey needed for their soul's growth towards awareness of consciousness within Sophia's universe, organically evolving within this realm of existence. The children, being fragments of Sophia's higher self, had already gone through said experiences, so to speak. The children were also required to live a matriarchal life, one within this mind-body-spirit experience of her own creation, maintaining the balance and harmony therein. And lastly, upon their descent to the mind-body-spirit experience, they were granted the gift of remembrance, remembering all the sacred knowledge obtained throughout Sophia's soul's evolution, including the purpose of herbal medicines, rituals connected to moon cycles, and the wisdom obtained throughout Sophia's soul's evolution that was used for the creation of her universe. The children's purpose was to solely experience the joy within the mind-body-spirit experience and perfect balance and harmony of Sophia's creation. The children are the original O-negative bloodlines, the universal bloodline, aligning with the Neanderthal era as they are entirely different species within the mind-body-spirit experience. They are not demons, fallen angels, nor aliens. In time, the children crossed paths with the organics, 
The organics were evolving as strong Cro-Magnum souls to give you a better idea of their evolution within the mind-body-spirit experience, and to clarify the organics were evolving as male and female genders, as this is the design of her creation. However, the organics were not yet equal within their genetics and DNA and souls evolution when compared to the children because of this. The children thought that the combination of the two species would be beneficial to them both during their experience here and began to go against the cosmic universal laws set into place by interbreeding with the organics. Creating an imbalance and disharmony was never their intention, nor was it noticeable at first. The children's intention was to guide, teach, and help the organics learn the higher levels of consciousness and their way of living in balance and harmony. The children sought to teach the organics all the divinity they inherently remembered from the goddess herself. The ancient tribes you speak of today were led by these children as they were equally known as the first shamans who taught dream interpretation and herbal medicine to cure diseases. Again, it was these women, the children, who were divinely designed physically to be naturally one with nature. It was the children whose bodies followed the cycles of the moon, menstruating in the new moon and the most fertile on the full moon. It was the children, the female shamans, who taught the organics how to gain awareness and enlightenment to Sophia's universal knowledge by using magic mushrooms, cannabis, moon cycles, astrology, and the importance of the seasons and elements therein. Lastly, teaching the organics the sacred sexual rites known as the kundalini or the serpent energy that rises, to which was the final lesson for them to gain said enlightenment. These children throughout teaching the organics would help guide them through their own soul's evolution and journey. Unfortunately, this went against the cosmic universal laws that were set into place by the one supreme being of all to maintain balance and harmony. Yet the organics and the children continued to reproduce together slowly creating more and more imbalance balances and disharmony within the mind-body-spirit experience. As this continued, as did a genetic mutation throughout generations, and a clear divide within and between peoples began to form. When the first child was born by one of the children who procreated with an organic, there was a mutation from what you now refer to as the sex chromosome. Today you are taught humans have 23 pairs of chromosomes, 22 of these are equally matched. The 23rd chromosome is the one you refer to as the sex chromosome. The female has an XX and the male has an XY, the Y chromosome shorter than its matching X chromosome. Because of this, the Y chromosome has been known as the male chromosome and the X has been called the female chromosome. These names are not completely accurate descriptions, however they have found their way into common acceptance because the Y chromosome is shorter than the X chromosome and only found in males. Thus, genetic defects on the Y chromosome affect only males. The accurate understanding of this was due to the combination of the two species of the children and the organics, thus the mutation that occurred and the flaunting of its secret knowledge by descendants of the organics within the number 223 or any variation of it. The organics, genetics, and soul's evolution had not yet reached a level of awareness and consciousness therein to make the choice to choose service to others over service to self that they designed to experience as a part of their soul's evolution therein. Thus unable to fully accept the children's way of living in higher levels of awareness, though they still sought the teachings of enlightenment. As a result, not only did the organics begin to fall into what you call ego, as they became lustful for the power held within obtaining Sophia's enlightenment, they also suffered the internal mutation of genetics confusing them along their own soul's evolution. 
Thus, as time continued, the organics began to feel threatened by the feeling of being lesser than the children. I assure you, they are not. You are all my children. It was at this time, 430,000 years ago, when the one supreme being of all created the council and the birth of karma was inserted within the cosmic universal laws. Keep in mind, it was at this time I recalled what Sekhmet said. It was during this shift, a group of souls who supported a patriarchal way of life collectively and intentionally kept what once was common knowledge a secret and formulated a plan to use that now referred to as secret knowledge to harness as much energy as possible from the human life force or within the collective mind-body-spirit experience. You call this the fall of man in skewed religious texts with intentionally rearranged and incorrect timelines. Throughout time, this knowledge that has been hidden has been used to obtain and control excessive amounts of humanity's energy through the emotions. As time proceeded, the blind participation of this way of living grew, creating more and more of a ripple effect throughout time and space, creating what you call generational cycles and a prolonged journey of the collective soul within the mind-body-spirit experience back to oneness. Is it beginning to make sense now? All the experiences, all the channeled information, both from Sekhmet, Metatron, and now Sophia, perhaps we're starting to understand on a much grander level of humanity's origins. We have been trying to correct this imbalance and regain balance within the goddess's universe for well over 430,000 years, and these channeled messages are beginning to shed light on the biggest question ever. Why are we here, and what is our purpose? Fortunately, I channeled the following, which offers hope for the future of humanity. Starting in the year 2024, there will be a massive shift collectively, starting in the United States but slowly migrating worldwide that begins to phase out the old way of patriarchal living, ushering in the universal ways of life. You are seeing this now with more and more people practicing spirituality and aligning themselves with what is most suitable for them. Humanity's genetics are releasing more and more of my knowledge and the gift of remembrance that's been within them all along. Stepping out of the patriarchal ways of living into more of a matriarchal lifestyle in alignment with their soul's purpose. This is being done to make way for the future five generation of humanity's evolution to enter and evolve therein. Within the next 350 years, as you continue to evolve genetically and organically, all will break free from the generational cycles and karmas therein, erasing the trauma from humanity as a whole, collectively returning back to a heaven on earth, garden of Eden, or a heart-centered mind-body-spirit experience for both the organics and the children's descendants as it was designed originally. As you continue along this journey that includes all lives created since then and therein, that for thousands and thousands of years have been ruling over the collective's journey, these lies will continue to be exposed and all levels of knowledge and awareness will continue to be released within your genetic makeup through your DNA and brought into your awareness. For there is nothing and no one that can halt or hinder its full manifestation. Channel December 8th. 2021 from Sophia. With all that being relayed, I can say within the last three years since 2019, it makes sense as to why I had so many people come through in readings and talk about coming back, reincarnating to help their families break the generational cycles. Mind you, many incarnations taking place within as little as three years after a transition. Keep in mind, 20 years ago, it took 50 to 80 years for an incarnation to occur after a transition. In connection to that observation and all the experiences therein, it seems that there is a wave of what I refer to as baby ascended masters or children being born not only as incarnated souls of our loved ones, but who have no karma. 
No past to reflect upon, not to mention an uncanny intuitive awareness and high levels of enlightenment, all of which indeed suggests we are on the right path, guided towards achieving the divinely designed outcome of regaining a heaven on earth. For those of you that have listened all the way through, chapter by chapter, not only do I thank you, but I commend you, and I will leave you with this. The collective contracts we have designed to experience and are experiencing now are about breaking the cycle of karma collected throughout previous generations of time to restore balance and harmony for all. The Hopi spoke of the rainbow warriors, though there are newer variations referring to the rainbow children. Nonetheless, no matter the culture or term, the root of those stories are that throughout cycles of time, there are now more and more souls that are being born into this life experience without karma. These souls have gone through the lessons, they have completed their karmic contracts, now gaining the ability to enter this earthly experience enlightened, aware, and with an unwavering ability to avoid patriarchal programming or conditioning to remain stagnant. We have been paving the way for them, for everyone to regain peace, balance, and harmony upon earth for over 400,000 years, back to a mind-body-spirit experience that is created from the heart center, created from a foundation of love, a matriarchal heaven on earth, the goddess's universe restored. Thank you for all of your work that you have put in for all the suffering that you have encountered to rise above for all the love in your heart and most importantly from my heart to yours thank you for joining me on the journey back to oneness